Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Ephesians chapter 4, where it says, starting in verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now today we've arrived at our sixth and final paradigm of transformation, which is every believer is a minister. Paul says here, but to each one, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Christ is apportioned to every single person, grace to fulfill a unique and special ministry, both as a member of the body of Christ and in the world where God has placed us. Now, in this case, grace isn't defined as unmerited, unearned favor as it relates to redemption. But in this case, it's unearned favor as an endowment or a gift. How we've each been fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says, with purpose and exactly what we need when working in concert with the Holy Spirit to fulfill that purpose. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, when, when Paul says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. There is a freedom and a power that comes from understanding who I am in Christ, to know both who I was created to be and what I was created to be about, to know God's plans for the church and for the world, and to understand my part in those plans. This passage, Paul uses the word one to relay a powerful message, which is how we can live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. Now, what are we to live a life worthy of? The calling that we've received. We are to value, to give worth to, that which God has called us to be and to do. He starts with the foundation, which is love. The application of biblical truth is love. Love God and love people. Jesus said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So Paul says, be humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love through the bond of peace. He then reminds them of their corporate identity and that I cannot rightly understand my own calling as an individual believer apart from the whole body of Christ. I cannot love the head and reject the body. To do so is to think too highly of myself than I ought. Because it says there is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is over all, through all, and in all. You know, there's no greater place to be than in the center of God's will 
and to fulfill the calling which we've been given. That's why Paul says to ascribe great value to it, live worthy of it, using the grace, the gift which God has given to each of us. We too often view God's will, I think, as a great unknowable mystery. This can all too easily happen to us when we begin to connect God's will with our inability to understand why certain things happen in our lives or why certain things happen in our world. And sometimes without even thinking about it, these unmet expectations then cause us to just kind of shrug our shoulders and declare God's will is unknowable. We become apathetic rather than intentional, like Paul is imploring us to do here when he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Ultimately, we all act on what we believe. Faith is an action. It's a choice that we make moment by moment to do the things we know are God's will as revealed in his word. Because there are things that I know without a doubt are God's will. For instance, I know that it is God's will to give thanks in all circumstances. It tells me that in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I know that it is God's will for Christ to have supremacy in all things in my life. It says it in Colossians 1.18. I know it's God's will to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. It says that in Micah 6.8. I know it's God's will to be set apart for God's use by offering myself to him. It says that in 1 Thessalonians 4.3 and in Romans 12.1. And on and on and on I could go. But we think, if I just knew what to do in this circumstance or in this situation, but God is telling us, if we do what we know, we'll know what to do in those circumstances and in the situations that we face. God's will begins by us doing what we know. Throughout this podcast, we've been looking at and expanding upon the six biblical paradigms of transformation. It's these six paradigms that I believe, when followed by faith, will position each of us, our families, our churches, and our cities to experience a metamorphosis, a transformation, which is simply the reflection of Jesus and the manifestation of his kingdom rule in us and through us in an ever-increasing way from glory to greater glory. I've said before that the criteria that I use to create this list of paradigms is that every paradigm must be applicable at every level. I should be able to apply these principles not just to my city, but to my life individually, to my marriage, to my family, to my church, to my occupation, to my neighborhood, and ultimately to my city and nation. Now that we've come to the sixth and final paradigm, that every believer is a minister, what I want to do in the upcoming episodes is, is show how each of us can take the grace, the gift that we've been apportioned in Christ, and live a life that is worthy of the calling we have received. And while I hope we've been doing that throughout this series, I want to focus even more for a time on how God has uniquely shaped and gifted each one of us to do His will 
in such a way as to reflect a different facet of God's glory. And not only that, but as we assemble and connect and serve with others in Christ's body in different ways and at every level, we reflect different and even greater facets of God's glory. You see, God is so big and multifaceted in his person, in his being, that it takes the whole body of Christ together to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God is holy. He is love. He is just. He is merciful. He is creative. He is the good shepherd. He is the provider, the comforter, the redeemer, and on and on. God's character and person is like a diamond that you have to turn in order to appreciate each facet and how it uniquely reflects the light from every angle. Every person has been created to uniquely reflect a small facet of the diamond that is God's glory. But it is then in concert with other believers that we become a fuller expression of Christ in the world. Ultimately, it's this amazing and rich diversity within the body of Christ consisting of believers from every tribe and nation that together fully display God's majesty and glory as we live out our calling as worshipers and servants of Jesus here on this earth. Today, let us exercise faith and the grace that Christ has apportioned to each of us to do God's will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Let us live a life worthy of the calling that we have received, recognizing that the value of that call is directly linked to the greatness of the one who has issued it, the one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Amen.